listening to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast with Nola Heal. Welcome to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nola Heal. Today, I have another phenomenal, innovative entrepreneur joining me to chat about something that resonates with all of us. Kathy Mendham absolutely loves her work and is grateful to feel this way. She gets to work with wonderful colleagues and many wonderful seniors and families and has gained so much from the experiences. The seniors and families have taught her to live life more in the moment than she tends to, to make an effort to see friends regularly and to maintain a sense of humor. Her team inspires her creativity, she learns from their knowledge and experiences, and together they provide the best support to their clients. Kathy began Proactive Seniors in 2016 when she identified a need to help seniors and their families have better outcomes from our healthcare system. Having worked in healthcare as a physiotherapist and then a healthcare consultant for 20 years, the problem she saw was that our acute focused health system was designed to help fix people when they became unwell and not designed to help people stay well in the first place. Seniors in particular don't usually fare as well with acute medical interventions. Once a fall has occurred, by example, it is all but impossible to be back to 100% again. The risks and complications from being in the hospital or undergoing a surgery are also very high. It became Kathy's focus to help seniors to better avoid the illness and injury that leads to the need for advanced medical care. It is better to stay well than to have to recover from something that could have been avoided. Proactive Seniors is a company designed to help fill the gaps in senior care and support, a private company which allows Kathy and her team to be creative, nimble and innovative. They don't receive government funding but try very hard to be very cost effective for clients. They're able to spend a lot of time really getting to know their clients so they can provide advice, information and resources that are tailored exactly to their needs. By doing so, they help clients have the information they need to make their best decisions and choices as early as possible. Helping people to be proactive instead of reactive. Helping people stay well through prevention and getting the help they need when it is needed. Besides building and working within proactive seniors, Kathy is also blessed with a wonderful family. They love to spend time outdoors, hiking, cycling and camping, although she laments that she's the only one that likes golf. Kathy still finds time to volunteer, usually with her teenage children's sporting teams or schools, and loves to read. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you for joining us today. To start us off, I wonder if you could give us a little bit of background beyond the bio. You mentioned that when your father became ill, you as a family experienced the patient side of healthcare for seniors and were astounded how challenging it was both to get information from the various specialists and to ensure that information was shared between the specialists in order to facilitate optimal care with timely information. Was this part of the catalyst to starting Proactive Seniors or were you seeing difficulties in your work as well? That's a great question, Nola. I, I would say yes, it was very much a catalyst. Having to go through with my father, the experience of him being in the healthcare system was very much a catalyst because we really recognized how difficult it is for families to have to navigate that system themselves. And even though I've been in healthcare, 
and worked in healthcare for, for my entire career, it really puts a different spin on it when you are in it as a patient or as a family. And so that really helped me understand that there are so many families that do not have the, the knowledge or the experience or the, the skill set to be able to navigate within our healthcare system. And what happens is if they don't have the information that they need when they need it, they are delayed in making their decisions. And when those decisions are delayed and care is delayed, people end up sicker and they end up in the hospital when it might otherwise be avoided. And so in my past career, having worked as a physiotherapist and then having worked as a, a consultant for provincial and federal healthcare initiatives, I always felt like the issue is that the families themselves aren't getting the support they need. There's lots of programs, there's lots of services in our healthcare delivery system that help um, people get through the system, but they're all very expensive and they're all very much once you're in it. And I think there's a lot that can be done to help people stay out of it in the first place. And to do that, they need the information to make the right decisions. It makes so, so much sense, as you probably hear from the accent. I'm an immigrant to Canada. And that was one of my observations, even in relocating to Canada, is that we have so many support systems and so many organizations to assist, be it in the medical field or in this particular case, housing or whatever for seniors. But it is very difficult to navigate a system and actually link the parts together oh. or know which is the correct one to actually access. Exactly. Which is the correct one for you? Because there's so much out there that if you knew everything about everything, you'd have way too much information and it would take you way too much time to get that information. What people need to know is what's specific to them. And all of the information is siloed in all sorts of different groups. There's not-for-profit groups. There's the public health system. There's private services. There's housing. There's silos of information everywhere. And it's practically impossible for one family to know exactly what they need to know to make their best choices without some support. You land up running around um, exploring areas that are actually irrelevant exactly. if you don't have directions. Yeah, so, uh, and people get very overwhelmed and frustrated and they, sometimes they just give up, especially if it's the seniors having to find this information themselves. They just give up and then they're really not getting the help. And as you say, I mean, preventive assistance has to be so much more beneficial than accessing a system once you are ill or need urgent care of some sort. Exactly. Yeah. To be proactive instead of reactive. And the cost of staying well is so much less than the cost of fixing someone when they're sick or injured. <laughs> you can't really fix a broken body. And as we age, it makes it harder to fix it that really broken does. body. <laughs> so through the course of your services, because you're dealing with people as individuals, do you find that their challenges in 
terms of the health and privacy regulations that you over, have to overcome? Oh, challenges in health and privacy. Well, we are working with families um, on a one-to-one basis. And so, you know, we certainly do need to sometimes ask for permission to gather information from their other health care healthcare practitioners and there's paperwork that can be done to do so and approvals and then we also would ask ask for permission to share our findings and our reports um, with others as well so we always make sure that we've got all that documentation in place but you know really I think what we want to do is put the the um onus in the decision-making authority onto the senior and onto their family who are supporting them and that they own that information and they can share it with their physician. They can share it with their other medical team. They can share it with their family because it's their information to share. So, yeah, so it hasn't been too much of a problem. Oh, that's no. great. Yeah. So could you perhaps run us through briefly the services that you do offer to these seniors and their families? Sure, I'd be happy to do that. So, um, you know, we're essentially an advisory service is our team, and we're made up of a number of different uh, professionals that have experience with seniors in different areas of, areas of healthcare. So, physio, OT, nursing, housing specialists, and so we come together to provide consultation and advice to families to help guide them through the process of decision making. And it kind of boils down to three areas that we're helping them in. One is for seniors who are wanting to stay home. Of course, Miss Lindley. So seniors who want to stay home, we want to make sure that we are working towards that goal of theirs and help them to understand what their risks are in their goal to stay home. And when we identify those risks and challenges, and it may be risks that we see, the family sees, the senior knows about, we put into play an action plan on how to address those risks with the goal to stay home. Now, we would always talk about contingency plans and backup plans in case that goal is no longer um, going to be the right goal, but we want to work towards what their wishes are. The second service that we offer is for seniors that know already that they need or want to be moving into some kind of supportive living. So whether that is subsidized seniors housing, uh, public supportive living or private retirement residents, if they know that's where they're headed imminently in the next few months, then we just jump right to that and we're helping them find the best place for them. And that depends on what their healthcare needs are now and anticipated for the future, what their financial picture is, as well as their personal preferences. What do they like to do? What don't they like to do? What location is important? So we can already jump to that support of helping them find the best fit, because if they're in the place that's best for them, they're going to thrive. And if they're not in the place that's best for them, they, they, they won't thrive. And so it's a really, really important decision. And then um, third is if people have dementia, that's a very difficult journey. And so we have a dementia coach that will support those families in both settings. So if they're living at home, we can support them in that caregiving role at home. And then often they will at some point move into a retirement residence or a care facility. And we can help to make sure that they get into the right place for their needs as well. So it's providing dementia support in both of those capacities. And then the final service that we provide is just trying to fill in the little gaps elsewhere that occur. So we often find that when we're creating a plan for seniors, um, actually taking care of those tasks that we want them to do can be quite difficult. So we can help them with that. You know, we can help guide the family or we can help them ourselves. So we're just wanting to make sure that if you're going to make a plan, there's someone there to support them in actually accomplishing that plan. 
that is really all encompassing. I particularly like the light aspect because so often it's a little disjointed in terms of the planning and the execution. So just that human helping hand to walk people through the journey has to be among the most fun for everyone in a way. It is fun and it's so good to see the progress and it's really rewarding to help the the family see the progress. And you're so right, it can be disjointed because I think in a lot of uh, services, you might get told what to do, but actually doing it is the biggest, hardest step. And so we really want to make sure that we help people move forward and, and make those baby steps towards being healthier and happier and safer. Oh, that is so awesome because quite often one also experiences the disconnect between the plan and this is what you should do and the execution because people just didn't understand it or didn't really know the steps to get there or just weren't confident. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that is awesome. So in order to access your services, do clients basically just give you a call or visit you in the offices or how does it usually start? Well, we used to do a lot more face-to-face before COVID, obviously, and we really miss that. And we'll get back to doing that for sure. So when we really need to, we still see people in person, of of course, with all of the proper protection in place. But we have been doing a lot more uh, phone and video conferencing. Um, So people reach us either by email or phone. Um, They can find us on our website. And then we always start with that initial phone conversation so I can understand what they're faced with in terms of their challenges and their concerns. And then I can explain what our support can be. And we're very flexible with our support. You know, sometimes we're having to do something a little different for different situations, and that's no problem. Um, We often get called by the the adult children of the seniors because they're the ones that are kind of trying to help, and they don't know where to turn, and they don't know what information they need to gather to help their parents. So sometimes the the contact is through the adult children, and, and other times it's through the seniors themselves. It really can go either way. And occasionally we've had grandchildren, grandchildren who are, you know, caring for their grandparent and they'll reach out and, and ask for the support and the guidance. So it's awesome. Yes. Yeah. That is exceptional. I, I, lo- I love the multi-generational yes. approach to this because it is a family oriented type of service because everyone is really trying to help assist and make the best and of so the situation. so often we're working with the whole family, Nola, because we want to make sure that if the, the senior and the family are um, involved together, that everyone's coming together and on the same page. And so often our, our phone calls or our video conferences or our meetings will be an entire family. We'll have the couple, the senior couple, and we'll have their adult children and their spouses. And it can be quite a big event because we really want to make sure that everybody's working towards the same goal and they know what their role is in that in that. Because goal. I, w- I would think that's, a, that's an important part for the supporting members of the family is to make sure that they're just not working in an opposite direction or doing something that creates additional conflict for in the mind of the senior in a sense of unhappiness. So that's really awesome. So what trends do you see impacting this industry as a whole? Because, I mean, we we have to acknowledge we're aging as we go day by day. There are more of us getting into the generation that will essentially fit really well within your services. So what trends do you see impacting? 
Well, there certainly is a growth in the seniors demographic. We all know that. We've been hearing that for years. There's quite a bubble of mm-hmm. seniors. And as the baby boomers become seniors, which is sort of starting now, it's just going to grow over the next number of years. So that's that's good. And it's worrying, worrisome too. So the positive trend is that there's more emphasis on supporting seniors. It's a bigger, more vocal group. I certainly feel that the baby boomer generation are more used to asking for help. They're more used to accepting help. Uh, The older seniors, you know, those who are in their 80s and 90s right now, they're from the generation where they're very stoic and they're very self-sufficient and they're not very good at letting people help them sometimes. So I think um, we're certainly on the peak of a trend towards seniors wanting and seeking help and support. So that's wonderful. Um, There's definitely a trend towards um, more people getting earlier diagnosis. You know, as we hear, Alzheimer's and dementia is just growing and growing. And there's so many more people that are uh, affected by those diseases. But I think that that media attention has allowed families to be more open about talking about it, recognizing when their loved ones start to have some symptoms and getting earlier intervention and diagnosis. So that's, that's a trend for sure. You know, with COVID, I think things have changed a lot in the last nine months. I think people are still very worried about moving into communal living settings. Um, Now that I anticipate will improve as the year goes on and people are vaccinated. There's a lot of benefit to living in a retirement residence for many people. But currently, before COVID, about 80% of seniors would say they want to stay in their home. And I think that trend will continue and maybe grow and even be closer to 80 or 90% because, you know, there has been some concerns about group living and particularly in long-term care and hospital settings. So I think the trend to want to stay home is definitely going to be a long-lasting trend. Yeah, so the in-home support you definitely see as growing trend as more people baby boomers move into that generation. Definitely. Very interesting. Yes, definitely. Yeah, we're going to need both, but I think it's good to have both. It's good to have options for seniors in their home, and it's good to have options for seniors who want to move out of their home. Because as you say, there's benefit in both options, and sometimes it's actually quite hard to choose which is the better direction to go in. It's a very difficult decision, yes. So what techniques or secrets have you landed up using to unlock your business's growth and potentially grow the service reach that you've had. If I'm correct, you started in Calgary, did you not? And I seem to understand Mm -hmm. you are growing Mm -hmm. beyond. Beyond Calgary. Well, we now have a a branch in Edmonton and Kelowna, and we'd love to see that expand. And, you know, that's a great question about what is sort of our um, special sauce. And I think what it is, is having a group of professionals that have a broad range of experience and we can all input into a family's questions and concerns. And so having that broad base of of kind of experience and expertise. And secondly, being the one source of information. So as we talked about earlier, information is very siloed and there really is nobody that can be that one source of information to sort of filter down and help people get the information that they need. So what we've done is collected information from all the different groups. We're very impartial. We're not beholden to any particular um, silo. We're not public. We can represent different private companies. We can represent not-for-profit services. We 
really just want to make sure that people have the information they need. And so that is kind of the thing that has made us so helpful to families is to be very broad perspective and help them to filter down to their specific needs and information. So um, that form of support is replicable in other locations. We have the procedures and the processes in place now, and really it's just about gathering all of the the research and the programs and services in a new location and then applying the same formula. So it it is something that can grow. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that just sounds so exciting because I would think that the hard part was probably the early stages in terms of gathering the information and, as you say, systems and processes, um, were there other growth hurdles that you found you had to overcome along the way other than that sort of phase of establishing? And obviously, you're a private company, so you probably had to establish the cost model and the revenue model in order to ensure that you continued supporting your clients. Um, But what were your main Major growth hurdles along the journey. Oh, that was one for sure. <laughs> you know, it is very difficult because we are providing, you know, mostly a health-related um, service and. In Canada, we're so used to having free healthcare. Uh, but what people don't realize is it's never free. There's usually a cost somewhere along the way. But it, it has been challenging, Nola, to figure out how to um, make a, a, an income from that because it's information that we're providing and people aren't necessarily used to paying for that information. So, so really, it comes down to what they're paying for is our experience, our advisory input. Um, and so that was hard to figure out how to make that a business model so that we can continue to do this because we're providing a lot of value to people, but we need to be able to pay our staff to do that. So that was a hurdle. It, it actually still is a hurdle to try and figure out what the, the comfort zone is for people. Um, and the second hurdle has very much been the fact that we're kind of a new concept and people don't know we exist. And so, you know, we, we do have very thin margins. We don't have a lot of money for marketing. And so people are so used to the public system and they don't know that we're here. I hear every single day, oh, I wish I knew about you six months ago, or I wish I heard about you a year ago when I was going through this, my parent. And it's been very challenging actually to share what we do with a large population of people without it costing a lot of money. So, so awareness. Awareness is a big challenge. Awareness and stressing, yeah, have been our biggest challenges. Yeah, for sure. Once we have the clients, oh, it's just, it's it's great. And, you know, our service has been really helpful and it's so enjoyable to provide the support we do. But it's tough. It's tough to get the word out that we're here. Absolutely. I would think that's got to be probably the primary hurdle, even in moving to new markets, is to get that awareness Mm -hmm. out. You can probably find the staff and in fact, the information you can put together. The awareness, because the more people you can help, the more people you do help. Um, But it's Getting that word out, that is is the tricky part. So what 
uh, worries and excites you about the future of the industry, our city's country? Oh, well, you know, the, the worries are, of course, just the, the sustainability of our public health care system. So we're here to try and help people stay healthy and well and safe as long as possible so they don't have to access the public health care system. But we're still working in conjunction with the system. We're having people to go for tests and visit with their doctor and many things to help them stay well. But, you know, um, particularly in Alberta, our healthcare system is very, very expensive and our economy has been very poor the last few years. So it always worries me that there'll be cuts, that there'll be um, less service provided, less less money to support seniors programs. That's always a risk. Um, and so, you know, that certainly is one of the things that I think we have to be careful of and that families need to know about is not everything is free. A lot of the services, even through public health, they have a cost associated with them. So, um, And then one of the things that excites me is just the fact that, um, you know, as we grow, we're able to provide our support to, to more people. They're hearing about us and then that's they're referring us to more people. And just as we start to see that traction, it really is amazing how many people we can touch and support and, and provide advice to. So that has been really wonderful. And I think there's so much opportunity in, in new towns and new cities for us to provide these services. There's really an unlimited supply of seniors and families that need this help. And so we have a lot of opportunity here to help more people. Yeah, it must grow. be so exciting. The more people you can access and help, the, yeah. the greater the potential for growth and just the value your team derives from mm. the service that they're offering. Because I would think a large part of what drives your team is actually the personal enjoyment in assisting these seniors. So much. And, you know, when you asked earlier about, is it hard to find staff? Absolutely not. We have people reaching out to us all the time because they love what we do and they would love to be part of that. So we can grow. We have the resources. There's lots of people with wonderful experience that would be great to add to our team. Yeah, it's just growing in a steady manner and helping to kind of reach out and have more people be aware of us is how to take advantage of that. Absolutely. Um, one question I had for you. I became aware that you actually have a sunshine fund. Can you perhaps tell us about that? It sounded oh. so fun when I discovered it. I would love to. And, you know, we're still kind of just developing it and exploring it. But the co the concept is to help to provide support to lower income seniors because we are a fee for service. Um, you know, we felt that there's there's an opportunity for some of our clients or families or other people who want to um, support other seniors to receive our service. And this came about because we had one wonderful lady, Ida, who we worked with for a number of years before she, she passed away and um her family wanted to sort of support the support that we'd given to her through to other seniors. And so she was an artist and she had all this artwork that the family did a auction on and then the proceeds um, to go into the Sunshine Fund so that we can use that money to offset some of the cost of our services to low-income seniors. And we thought, isn't this a great opportunity to open it up to other people who might also like to donate to that and then help 
helped us to help more seniors that might not have the financial Oh, needs. that is such a fantastic purpose because, yeah, I mean, there are a fair number of affluent seniors around, but there are a, a very large number of seniors who potentially may look at the service and say, well, we'd love to access this. We also don't know how to do it, but perhaps are a little reticent because they, they, they just don't want to trigger the process and then feel obliged to pay for services that they just can't afford. Right, yeah. And we can actually help people find a ton of free or very low-cost services. There's so much out there, Nola. There's a lot of services that not-for-profit businesses provide and through the public health and through government benefits. So um, the problem is really that lower-income seniors feel reticent to help have us help them figure out what those services are. But if we could have some support from the Sunshine Fund to offset our cost for our consultants, then we can open the door to those low-income seniors on all of the different low-cost services that exist that they probably don't know about. It's amazing how many seniors don't know what they can access that is free and low-cost. It's just, you know, uh, you know, we're happy to help them find Absolutely. those services. Absolutely. And, and if yeah. people can help each other through a little bit of donation to the Sunshine Fund or, or advice assistance, um, yeah. our society as a whole can be benefit, which is really, really exciting. Yeah, exactly. We just really want to be able to help everybody, regardless of their social, you know, what they can afford. And so, you know, by having the Sunshine Fund and having an opportunity for people to contribute to that, it allows us to provide more support to those lower incomes. That's hopefully the beginning Mm of of, um, many more funding opportunities to be developed. That is, that's Great. I hope so. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> so do you have any particular thoughts uh, that you'd like to leave us with? Anything that we perhaps haven't touched on yet today? Well, I guess probably the thing I'm always telling everybody, <laughs> which is to to plan ahead and to make sure that you are giving yourself, whether it's for your own planning or for your aging parent, that you're giving people enough time to, to think through what their options are. If you start to talk and have these conversations earlier, there's a lot of choices and it's great to have choice. Everybody wants to have choice and, and be able to be um, self-determined in, in what they want for their future. But you have to have enough time to do that. So we're always encouraging families to start the conversation, start talking to your parents or to your adult children about what you would like to see for your future so that there's time to consider the options and make sure that you have the the financial resources to, to match up with those options. I think people are always surprised at the cost of retirement residences or home care or any of those services. And it's really important to start to have those conversations when you've got the opportunity um, as opposed to in a crisis mode. So encouraging people to be proactive instead of reactive, it always provides for a much more robust choices and plan. Um, I guess we often compare our planning support to what people do when they do financial planning or when they do retirement planning. People are very used to planning for their financial future, but it's really important to also plan for your health and wellness future and what kind of care and support you need because they go hand in hand. One without the other is is not as good. So if you're in the mode of doing retirement planning or estate planning or financial planning, start talking about what your your health and wellness goals and Mm -hmm. wishes are too. Yeah, Yeah. the, the healthier you can remain, the better your life, quite honestly, and probably the longer your life. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. is that is very very valuable and sage advice. So, if listeners are interested in learning more about you and the services, how can people contact Proactive Seniors? Well, the best way to reach us is is via email or through our website. So our website is just proactiveseniors.ca and then there's a contact us page or people can email us directly to either info at proactiveseniors.ca or Kathy, which is spelled with a K. Um, And then our phone number is on the website too. We're always happy to take a phone call. Not everybody wants to communicate via the computer. We're happy. We're happy to take a phone call too. We're old school. (laughs) We're people. We're people. People want to chat to people, particularly Particularly now during COVID 19's isolation, our seniors are feeling really, really isolated. Yeah, yeah. We have a lot of information on our website. And then for those people that are just wanting to kind of educate themselves, we started doing a webinar series. So we used to do a lot of presentations in the community, and that has obviously gone. Um, to the wayside during COVID. And so in November, we started a monthly webinar series and it's always just an educational topic. And uh, our first one just went gangbusters. I think we had 74 people register for our first webinar and it was about how to um, connect with your loved ones over Christmas when you can't physically be with them. So we're picking topics that are timely and, and informational. The one that we're doing on Wednesday this week is home safety. So our occupational therapist will be talking talking about things to recognize in your home that are safety hazards and how to accommodate for them. So each month we do a webinar. They're totally free. Anyone can come. And if you, if people want to find out about them, those are on our website education page. So Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I'll link all of that up in the on the show notes page so that people can get hold of you very easily, particularly if people are on the move at the moment and listening without a piece of paper to write things down. So yeah, website's the best spot. And yeah, the webinars have been really fun because we have a really robust question and answer period afterwards. And, you know, I think people sometimes learn even more from the question and answer period too. I think questions can be very, very helpful to everybody. And particularly if people feel like they're asking the stupid question, it's probably the question front of mind on the majority of the other listeners too. So that's fun. And once again, it's that personal interaction, even if it's across a Mm -hmm. computer screen. Oh, a lot of fun. So thank you very much, Kathy. That really was fun to meet today. I appreciated learning more about Proactive Seniors. You are offering such a valuable service. I, I myself am definitely going to the website to learn a little more as well. And since I have um, an extended family as well, no doubt we'll be engaging in some similar conversations. So thanks for joining us. Well, good. Those conversations are important. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Noel. It was lovely, lovely to meet you. The Unlocking Business Growth Podcast is sponsored by Protea Consulting Professional Corporation. We help our clients achieve the business growth and success they are capable of. They innovate and strategically anticipate, fine-tune their highest impact business variables, and regularly exceed aggressive growth and cash flow targets. If you would like to know more, here are four ways you can help energize your business growth. Number one, subscribe to the Unlocking Business Growth podcast to hear from other companies that have overcome growth hurdles they have experienced. Hit the subscribe button in your podcast app right now or go to proteaconsulting.ca slash podcast. Number two, 
get your free copy of Nola's latest book, The 5F Strategy, Bottom Line Growth in Any Economy Without Additional Sales and Marketing, to discover her proven strategies for growth. Go to proteaconsulting.ca slash book. Number three, download a copy of the Financial Growth Scorecard to assess your current status and what to work on next on your growth journey. Go to proteaconsulting.ca slash growth. Number four, work with us to achieve the growth and success your company is truly capable of. To find out if we're a fit, email NOLA at info at proteaconsulting.ca or send us a note on the website at proteaconsulting.ca slash contact.